Hi, and welcome to the Money Tips No One Told You podcast, presented by First Pioneers Federal Credit Union. Here at First Pioneers, we're passionate about helping not only our members, but our community becomes financially successful. That success often starts with basic knowledge, things like knowing how different account types work to understanding terminology, or even tips that make your life easier. The more you know, the more success you will have as you handle your money and your finances. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Heather with First Pioneers Federal Credit Union, and I want to talk to you guys today about saving for college. You may ask, well, how important is it to save for my child's education? The truth is, not all kids will go to college, nor should they. The career path you choose is yours alone and not a one-size-fits-all solution, But saving can be helpful for other types of training or education as well. So I guess my first point is, saving for future plans is a good thing to make part of your savings plan. For today's discussion, though, let's stick with saving for college. Did you know that according to educationdata.org, only 64% of parents are saving for college? That means... 36% aren't saving for college at all. For those that are planning and saving, most expect to pay for about 30% of their child's college expenses. In reality, though, they actually only pay about 10%. So does that mean they aren't saving enough? Maybe. For the 2020-21 school year, the average per year cost of a public four-year college was $10,740. That was for in-state tuition. And for a private college, it was around $38,000 a year. Americans seek to save right around $55,000, which I think you can see kind of falls short of the mark. But by the same token, It can be difficult to determine the amount needed for your child's education, especially if your child wants to move beyond a four-year program into some kind of specialty, let's say, that requires a master's degree or a doctorate or even further. The good news is there are lots of options to save for your child's education, and no matter what way you choose to save, the best decision you can make is to actually do it and start early if you can. The truth is, even if you can't save much, anything you can manage will lessen the burden of tuition once your child gets to college. So let's get started with option number one. It's pretty popular. It's a 529 plan. This is a tax-friendly investment account when it's used to pay for qualified education expenses. You can use a 529 for college or K through 12 tuition. It can also be used for apprenticeship programs and to repay student loans. Now one of the advantages of this plan is the tax-friendly aspect. The 529 is similar to a Roth IRA, which we're going to cover in just a minute. By investing your after-tax contributions 
in mutual funds and similar investments. When you withdraw the money for college, then it won't be taxed. Many states will let you deduct your contributions from your state income tax as well. Another advantage of a 529 is it actually has a minimal impact on your financial aid eligibility when the account is owned by a dependent student. In that case, the distribution doesn't have to be reported on the FAFSA. A FAFSA is a federal student aid application and all students have to fill it out. So not having to report it on that FAFSA could make a difference in what kind of um, financial aid you might be eligible for. If for some reason your child ends up not going to college, you can still withdraw the money, but there will be a penalty on the earnings portion of that balance. Now, there are a few exceptions to that. Um, If you have money left in the account, there are a few options that involve changing the beneficiary of the account to someone else who's in school. Um, There are other accounts for people with disabilities that you could roll the funds into as well. Or it could be used for K-12 tuition or for siblings tuition. There are a few types of a 529 plan and it's really widely used. I would explore your options for this one. Option number two is a Roth IRA. And I know what you're thinking. Isn't that for retirement? I mean, after all, IRA stands for Individual Retirement Account. And the answer is yes, but it doesn't have to be. There are a few things to consider with the Roth IRA. One is it's an after-tax investment, which is a good thing. Um, A con for the IRA is that relatives can't contribute to it like they could with a 529 account. So if you have relatives that are wanting to contribute to your child's education fund, they wouldn't be able to do it on their own. Now with a Roth IRA, you can withdraw the funds once you turn 59, tax-free, without penalty. But if you take those funds out for college, it's considered an untaxed income to the beneficiary. Now one advantage is if your child decides not to attend college, then the parents can use that money for their retirement. This makes it a good option for both retirement and college. And a Roth IRA doesn't require you to withdraw at a certain age. So you can continue to save in that account for longer. Option number three is a Coverdell Education Savings Plan. It's also known as an ESA. Now it was previously known as an education IRA, so you may have known it in that way. It's similar to the 529 plan in that it's tax deferred and can be used for elementary, secondary, and higher education expenses, which can include room and board, by the way. The distributions are tax-free as long as the funds are used for those educational purposes. It does, however, count as an asset when you're filing your FAFSA no matter who owns the account. So keep that in mind. A Coverdell account actually allows for more varied investments too. Uh, While a 529, it's a little more limited in its options. One other thing to consider, 
The ESA accounts are geared to low and middle income families. So the max adjusted gross income would be 190000 for married couples that are filing jointly and 110000 for single filers. So you'll need to check to see if you qualify for the ESA. One other caveat to keep in mind, contributions should be made before the beneficiary turns 18 and the funds must be used by the age of 30 in order to avoid any tax penalties. So you have a few things to consider for this one. Option four is investing in eligible savings bonds. I remember when my son was born, that was one of the very first gifts we ever got. Someone gave him a savings bond for us to use for him for his future. So that might be a really neat gift to give someone having a baby. And you can purchase savings bonds from the U.S. Treasury. It's on their website at treasurydirect.gov. And these can be redeemed for higher education expenses. And in that instance, you don't have to include them in your gross annual income on your taxes. But these do exclude room and board. So that would be primarily for tuition there. An advantage of a savings bond is that they're guaranteed by the government. But the interest rate is actually really low and it's a fixed rate. So you can increase your investment that you've made in the bond, but it may be a fairly minimal amount. Now you can also choose a variable rate and you may enjoy some higher rates on a bond like that. But keep in mind, you may also experience some truly low rates. Option five is a custodial account. These are savings accounts that are also called UGMAs and UTMAs. That's Uniform Gift to Minors Act or Uniform Transfers to Minors Act. It's a brokerage account opened by an adult on behalf of a child. The funds are invested in things like stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. The great thing about it is the use of the funds is not limited to education. It can be used on cars, computers, or really anything that benefits the minor. There's also no limit to how much you can invest. One thing you'll often hear people say about this option, though, it's probably best for a child who you know will be responsible with the funds because this account is transferred to the child as early as 18 years old. And at that point, they decide how they spend it. Any earnings or gains on the account can be taxed, but it's to the minor, which is at a lower rate. Keep this in mind also, custodial accounts are counted as student assets on the FAFSA, which means they can affect your financial aid options. A quick note on the difference in these accounts. A UTMA account, it has greater flexibility in regard to the assets. It can hold common types like stocks and mutual funds, but it can also hold assets like real estate, jewelry, and collectibles. 
a UGMA account can only hold those most basic forms of investments like stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. So keep that in mind when making that choice. Speaking of mutual funds, that's option number six. Mutual funds are a variety of investments, usually managed by a financial advisor. Mutual funds are popular for retirement plans because you can invest your money in several different types of options, including stocks and bonds. The thing to remember is your earnings are subject to annual income taxes. The big advantage is you can spend the funds on really anything, cars, airplane tickets, computers, anything you want. With that in mind, mutual fund assets will impact your FAFSA application. Last option on my list, a home equity loan. Basically, this entails using the equity in your home to take out a loan. So it's not really the greatest option, but if you have equity, it's definitely a viable option. So you can keep that in mind too. When you're looking through these plans and deciding what fits your needs best, there are some questions you may want to ask yourself. Do you plan to use the funds only for college expenses? In that case, a 529 plan might be a really good fit. But do you prefer to use the funds for other expenses? If you think you'll need those funds for things outside of college tuition or you think your kids may not choose a traditional college route, you may want to try a more flexible option. Also, consider the amount you want to contribute and make sure your choice is within those limits. And don't forget, there are other ways to get additional money for college. Apply for scholarships. That money can actually add up really quickly and be a big help, even if it's not a really big amount. You can save up from jobs that your kids have had throughout school. That could help. Have them put that in a savings account. One other thing to consider. If your child has the option for dual enrollment while they're in high school, that would give them college credits on the classes that they take. What that's going to do is actually lessen the amount of time they're actually in college, which means you won't have as much to pay in tuition. I've seen kids start dual enrollment as early as they could, and when they entered college, they were actually already considered a sophomore because their first year of college was essentially already done. So just something to keep in mind there. Also understand the best savings path is not one size fits all. Evaluate what's best for you and your needs. But if you can, start early. A little bonus bit of information for you guys today. And I can't believe I'm saying this. But there are instances where you should consider not saving for college. Hear me out. In these cases, the reality is... There are other financial priorities that should come before college savings. First one, you're in debt. Bad debt, not good debt, like a mortgage, but excessive credit card or personal debt. That is more than likely at a higher interest rate and costing you more than that good debt like your mortgage. 
it's better to pay that debt down first. Number two, you have no emergency fund. The suggestion is you want a cushion of about three to six months salary in an account that acts as an emergency fund. This would get you through any unexpected economic losses. And it really is a priority over saving for college. Number three, you're not saving for retirement. Here's the truth. You can borrow money for college. You can't borrow money for retirement. Preparing for your family's future really should be the priority. Number four, you have a short time horizon. Some people might say it's never too late to save for college, but that's not always true. Depending on the age of your beneficiary, um, the state of residence where you live, and your personal financial situation, it may not make sense to use a dedicated college savings account or really to save it all. If it's a later start, traditional options like a 529 may simply not be the best course of action. In these cases, I would visit your financial institution or a financial advisor and get some help working through your options. This can also include the financial aid department at the school your child has chosen. Number five is remembering there are other options. It may not make sense to save for college if you just straight up have a better option. Let's say you're investing in a successful business or some kind of unique real estate or other unique opportunity it may be more important than college savings. And that's okay. Focus on that growth. Just know that it's a risk you have to assess for yourself and you decide what's more important. Again, there are several options for paying for school and they're going to look different for different people and different circumstances. There are grants, there are scholarships, the not so great or fun option is there are student loans and the military service can sometimes be an option to pay tuition and also some employers will help you pay for your tuition you have to give it thought and really consider all your options maybe get a little creative and think outside the box if any type of continuing education is a goal for your family then any of the savings options we've talked about could be a great way to help reach that goal. Now, I'll say the earlier you can start, the better, but every dollar you save will help defray your cost. We've said it, there's many options, and it's important to find what works for you. I'll say this again, too. Ask for help. Financial advisors, your credit union, your bank, these are great places to start. And as your child reaches the age to start their college journey, utilize the counselors at their school and the financial aid offices at the college or school they're interested in attending. This is their job and their wealth of knowledge. They're ready to help you find the answers that you need. 
Okay, before we go, join us for our employee spotlight segment. It's here at First Pioneers. I said it before, I'll say it again. We're a big family and we want you guys to get to know ours. And today I have Haven joining me. Welcome, Haven. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks so much for being here. Um, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, I'm Haven Poirier. I am 30 years old. I've been at First Pioneers for six months now, and I'm enjoying being here. Awesome. We're glad to have you. So Haven, what's your favorite book? <laughs> one, No One, and 100,000. It was written by an Italian writer, Luigi Parandello. Um, so the person you think of as yourself exists only for you. So even you don't know who that is. Um, every person you meet creates a version of you, of you. So you are not the same person to your mom, dad, siblings, neighbors, coworkers. <laughs> so the, there are a thousand different versions of yourself out there. Yet you, yourself, isn't really someone at all. <laughs> wow. That is really neat. I'm going to, yeah, it is. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Okay. So tell me who inspires you? My son. He's 20 months old. I just want to make sure I have the best for him, do the best for him, show him what's right, you know, what's wrong, you know, lead him on the right path and, you know, give him a good future. That's awesome. That's so important. And last but not least, how do you define success? Uh, you have to start off with being happy and then you just find value in everything. It's very good advice. Being happy is the start, isn't it? It is. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate oh, yeah. it. We've enjoyed thank it. You. And for all of our listeners, come back next time for another spotlight. Thank you for joining us today. And we hope this episode helped you feel more confident in your financial journey. If you need further information or would like to check out the blog version of this podcast, you can do that on our website, firstpioneers.com. You can also find a video version on our YouTube channel at First Pioneers FCU. We'll make sure those links are in the show notes. As always, we're here to help in any way that we can. Have a great day and we'll see you next time.